Welcome to the Cover 2 Resources podcast series, a podcast series about addiction and addiction education. My name is Amy McNeil. I lost my brother Samuel to a heroin overdose on October 23, 2015. He was 28. As a family, we thought we were prepared to help Sam fight addiction, but we were painfully mistaken. My family founded Cover 2 Resources in memory of Sam. Our mission is to arm others with the knowledge needed to best support a loved one struggling with opioid addiction. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and via RSS feed. Simply search for the full name, Cover 2 Resources, on your platform of choice. Thank you for listening. Hi, this is Greg McNeil, founder of Cover 2 Resources. At this year's National Rx Drug Abuse and Heroin Summit in Atlanta, I had the opportunity to sit down with Matt Ruth, the Chief Commercial Officer for Adapt Pharma, the makers of Narcan. That's the medication that's now used by first responders and emergency department personnel throughout our country to reverse the effects of an overdose from opioids. We covered a wide range of topics from the impact of Narcan on the opioid epidemic through their pricing practices. Matt begins today with Adept Pharma's response to the opioid epidemic. Sure. Well, thanks a lot again for having me. And um, um, we're excited that uh, there's been an evolution in thinking, uh, certainly at this conference, that uh, this is the third year that I've been to to the conference. And uh, I am particularly um, happy that um, naloxone is getting a little bit more uh, airtime and coverage. Um, you know, we talk a lot about prevention and treatment, and uh, we are certainly uh, um, you know, supportive of all of the initiatives and the uh, hard work that uh, many of the participants at this conference are doing towards prevention and treatment. But uh, one of the things that we've uh, always felt um, uh, that was uh, not necessarily addressed um, as properly or as highlighted as it should be is naloxone. Uh, we can save lives. Uh, we can reverse um, uh, overdoses uh, that are cur- occurring right now. Almost every presenter um, you know, throughout the last three days started out their presentation with the uh, hero- heroin uh, statistics, uh, and we've all got them ingrained. Uh, but we can do something about that. Um, you know, aside from the prevention and the treatment uh, of this epidemic going forward, we can we can reverse a lot of these uh, uh, overdoses. And so I th- let's start at the very basic. Sure, here. sure. For those listeners that maybe are not familiar with the product, sure. So how does it work? How long does it take to get it get trained up on it? Sure. And who could administer this? Sure. So just uh, you know, historically, naloxone has been around since 1971. It's not a new uh, it's not a new molecule. Uh, EMS uh, folks, uh, um, you know, would would um, uh, paramedics have been carrying naloxone for quite some time. Um, and typically, the formulation that they carry it is in a vial. Uh, and they will draw uh, uh, through a syringe and uh, inject uh, the product into an IV line uh, or intramuscular uh, if they come across an overdose. So uh, EMS trained medical professionals have had access to naloxone uh, for many, many years, uh, and they've used it uh, you know, over the years. Uh, as the epidemic uh, has grown outside of the perimeter of EMS uh, paramedics, there have become a need for uh, what uh, is is widely uh, discussed as community-based use naloxone. So 
Naloxone that can be administered by lay people, non-medically trained uh, individuals. Our product, Naloxone, brand name Narcan nasal spray, uh, and another product, Kaleo's uh, Evzio, uh, are the two products that have been approved by the FDA for uh, community-based use or for non-medically trained personnel. And that's important because, again, uh, as, as we both just witnessed the uh, Surgeon General call for um, naloxone to be more widely used, more widely available, priced uh, uh, efficiently and, and um, uh, affordable, uh, and be in the hands of, of those that, that uh, are potential first responders, uh, it's important that naloxone formulations are easy to use and uh, available for use for non-medically trained personnel, and that's what our product is. So just about anybody can administer naloxone, really? Absolutely. Uh, the FDA uh, required us to do human use studies, which is uh, essentially, again, not to get too technical, but essentially we had to get a wide range of uh, individuals in uh, both age range and education, uh, put them in a room, and, you know, provide our product, uh, and then there were uh, the um, uh, mannequin dummies, if you were, uh, if you will, and um, you know, they were asked to uh, execute a, a, a nasal spray uh, without any instruction. They, all, they were only handed the box, and greater than 94% were able to do this, and that's why the FDA uh, you know, afforded us the um, uh, approval for community-based use or for non-medically trained people. And so for the communities that are doing this, the course only, I've taken the course myself, it's like 20 minutes. It's not long at all. Uh, to be instructed on these uh, with the video and everything else. Yeah, so, well, what, what we do is, um, you know, back in the day, uh, which was, you know, before our product was uh, approved, uh, there were different versions of naloxone that were being essentially jerry-rigged for community use. Uh, and those, oh. those took, uh, you know, a, a fair amount of time because you had to assemble uh, devices and and again, none of these were FDA approved for community-based use, and and um, uh, it's important to note that you know now since the advent of uh, an FDA approved uh, product for community-based use, uh, this is what needs to be uh, used by the community uh, because it's the right solution and and the right concentration. The Project Dawn kits are now available free of charge at the training and distribution sites located throughout the state of Ohio. You can find a list of sites published along with this podcast at cover2.org. So now with the prevalence of fentanyl mm-hmm. out there, it's just so prevalent. Uh, you know, you've got something on the order of, dependent upon market, 85% of the heroin is uh, laced with fentanyl. That's right. And, and so it's a, it's a huge problem. And so, therefore, uh, first responders are finding that it's taking many, many shots of naloxone to bring people back. Right. Um, so, is there any guidelines or any comments on that in, in terms of strength and what first responders and communities in general can do to kind of respond to that? Because it's pretty pretty difficult. Sure. And this is where it gets a little bit tricky. We, we, we talk about this quite a bit. And obviously, we've heard lots of headlines and read lots of headlines about the need for you know greater amounts of naloxone. Um, and you know, just to explain you know what we believe is going on, as I mentioned before, uh, there was a product that was essentially jerry-rigged, um, you know, for community-based use. Uh, Amphistar makes a product that's a two milligram in two milliliters of a pre-filled vial. 
this product is FDA approved naloxone for injection uh, intramuscular or uh, uh, through an IV. Last December, we did a report on the pricing practices of the six companies who manufacture and sell naloxone. And one company in particular who manufactures an auto-injector uh, naloxone device, they raised their wholesale price on the product over 500% from $690 to $4,500 for a two-dose package. I asked Matt to comment on the pricing practices of naloxone in his industry. You know, a couple of things. We are the latest, uh, most recent entry into the naloxone game, if you will, or the naloxone uh, uh, market, if you will. Uh, the product that you were mentioning, uh, Kaleo's product, Evzio, that went to $4,500, uh, was approved for community-based use. That's the other product that's approved for community-based use. Um, a, a little over a year uh, prior to our approval from the FDA. Uh, we have taken what we believe to be a responsible pricing approach uh, to this epidemic uh, and to this marketplace. So while we are consistently and rightfully uh, you know, included into the industry as a whole uh, you know, when we're in these discussions about pricing, uh, we've tried to um, uh, set a responsible path forward in terms of our pricing uh, methodology. So just to give you a little bit of a history on that, uh, our product was approved by the FDA November 18th of 2015. At that time, on that date, we announced what our pricing would be. Uh, and our pricing is and has remained uh, the same um, since that day uh, to today. And in fact, you know, we've done uh, uh, everything that we can to uh, uh, continue to offer this an affordable rate. So just to kind of break that down very quickly, our product is boxed in two four milligram uh, devices. Uh, so you, you know, a box of two, uh, which is eight milligrams total, uh, two four milligram individually uh, packaged devices. For that box, we sell to wholesalers, or our WAC price, wholesale acquisition costs, like Cardinal, McKesson, and Amerisource Burger, and the, the, broad, the big mm -hmm. wholesalers. We sell it to them for $125 for a box of two. Okay? Yeah. Uh, they then will distribute it to pharmacies you know, across the board. At, you know, and, and once we sell it to them... Uh, we lose control of the pricing. Yeah. They then set their price you know, for retailers, CVS, Walgreens, and, and so forth. Uh, so that's our WAC price. At the same time we announced our WAC price um, on that day, November 18th, we also announced a 40% discount off of that price for all public interest um, um, uh, individuals or, or, or organizations. So we define public interest as effectively or essentially any organization that can't claim reimbursement for this. So non-for-profits, community-based organizations, law enforcement, government agencies, they get the product for a 40% discount off our list, $75 for a box of two or $37.50 for a device. That's the pricing that we came out with. Uh, and that's the pricing that we have uh, uh, stayed consistent with for you know, the two plus years that uh, we've been on the marketplace. Uh, we are constantly asked about the rising cost of naloxone um, 
um, you know, given the epidemic. And we have um, agreed that um, um, the only price that will uh, satisfy everybody is free. Um, you know, but we've we've tried to uh, you know be responsible uh, in our efforts to uh, you know keep the product affordable uh, and certainly accessible. Uh, we've worked with um, uh, payers, as the Surgeon General announced today. Uh, we have greater than 95 percent coverage across the country for our product. We've worked with all payers uh, you know, to ensure that. Uh, folks had access, affordable access to our product. 75% of, of uh, individuals that are insured can receive the product uh, at a copay of less than $10. Now, a lot of that is Medicaid uh, you know, patients, uh, but you know, we work with the payers on a day-to-day -day basis to ensure that copays remain low, uh, as low as possible, because we know and the Surgeon General just reinforced this again in his discussion this morning, that if somebody has the courage to go to the pharmacy and to pick up Narcan or Naloxone, um, you know, for whatever reason, whether it's for themselves or a loved one, somebody that they're caring for, a friend or a family member, uh, you know, it needs to be affordable. Uh, so we work with the commercial payers to ensure that uh, the product is, is affordable. So you and I sat together in um, the U.S. Surgeon General speech just a few minutes ago, and a big part of that was dedicated to naloxone and generally your industry and uh, pricing for your industry and some changes for some of the competitors and the response in general. Mm -hmm. um, give us your comments on that. Well, uh, you know, we have, um, uh, we're, we're, we're happy that uh, you know people are well. First of all, we're, I'm extremely happy that the Surgeon General spent so much time talking about naloxone because it was a conversation that was far past due. Uh, again, you know, I sit in the audience and and I get frustrated that uh, we're not talking about saving lives right now and reversing overdoses right now. I use the analogy of the flu epidemic. This year has been one of the worst flu epidemics in the United States in in a long time. And you can't read an article, listen to a podcast, or you know watch a media story without you know hearing about the flu epidemic. But also a reminder, you know, at or near the end of it, it's not too late to get a flu shot, right? So there's a solution or a potential solution to you know uh, to uh, combat the flu epidemic, and that's a flu shot. There is a overdose reversal medication available for these overdoses, but we're not talking about them. So we're happy that uh, the Surgeon General will really put a, shot, a, a spotlight uh, on this. Uh, we think it should be affordable. And again, our company stance is that uh, affordable access uh, you know, uh, is the responsible way to uh, uh, approach this uh, epidemic. So, and that's what we've tried to do. Uh, we've been consistent. Um, you know, we applaud uh, our competitor for um, you know coming down on their price and and having that uh, price announced today. Um, we didn't have to do that because we've been you know responsible from uh, uh, from the get go, uh, and we will continue to be responsible from the get go. We've got about thirty five people in the country uh, that are you know fighting this fight on a regular basis. Uh, going out and trying to build awareness, uh, you know, as as we discussed, uh, you know, just prior to this discussion, that uh, awareness around naloxone uh, and the existence of naloxone uh, is very, very low. Uh, carers of loved ones 
friends, family members uh, with opioid use disorder uh, in some of our market research found that uh, le you know, less than 10% knew that naloxone, the reversal agent, actually existed. Uh, it's, it's ludicrous to us. It's kind of like uh, putting a, a poisonous king cobra in a house uh, uh, without the uh, snake antivenom. You, you wouldn't do that. Um, so, um, you know, building awareness uh, is one of our, our corporate initiatives to try to let people know that naloxone is, exists. How do you do that? Well, uh, you know, we, we do a lot of grassroots. You know, with 35 people, we talk to anybody who will listen. Uh, you know, we, um, um, you know, we, we, we spend time uh, uh, talking to appropriators who, who uh, uh, have the awesome responsibility of figuring out uh, how to allocate the, uh, uh, you know, $6 billion increase in uh, funding for the opioid epidemic. And we let them know that uh, prevention and treatment are critically important, but so is naloxone. You know, so let's not forget to save some lives to put them into recovery. Uh, so. Uh, we try to educate them and make them aware that naloxone uh, exists in FDA form, uh, forms and so forth. Uh, we remind people that the CDC has had guidelines around co-prescribing for naloxone for uh, high-risk opioids, opioids uh, greater than 50 mme, opioids concomitantly prescribed with benzodiazepine, and then uh, opioids prescribed to folks that uh, you know have a, a history or propensity or a possibility of an opioid use disorder. These guidelines have been around for a long time, and as the Surgeon General mentioned today, people aren't following them. So you know we remind folks that the answers are there. Uh, we um, uh, talk to law enforcement. You know we talk to law enforcement agencies. Our kind of platform is that you know we, we believe in three things. You know, we believe that all law enforcement should carry naloxone. First and foremost, uh, to protect uh, you know, the citizens and, and uh, uh, folks within their communities. And second, to protect themselves against uh, the potential of coming across fentanyl themselves. We've heard you know, horrific stories of uh, law enforcement uh, coming across fentanyl and uh, officers going down because of this. So uh, it's become somewhat of a workplace safety issue uh, alongside of protecting and serving the community uh, with which you serve. So. We're strong proponents that all law enforcement should carry naloxone. We're making good progress. Uh, there's still some, uh, uh, there, there's fights to be fought uh, in that. There's perceptions to be overcome uh, in that, unfortunately, but uh, we're making progress. So we'll talk to all law enforcement that'll you know, listen. And we've uh, you know, done programs in the past where we've provided uh, free goods to law enforcement you know, to try to uh, give them exposure and experience with, with, with the product, you know, when we first launched. So we'll continue that fight. Uh, the second population is the vulnerable patient population. And this patient population has been defined by SAMHSA already. We're not, we're not you, know, you know, forging new territory here. Uh, there's three groups in this population, and the Surgeon General mentioned them uh, uh, today. Anybody leaving incarceration uh, that went in with an opioid use disorder, their likelihood of, of having an, uh, uh, an overdose uh, uh, grows tremendously, you know, having been incarcerated. These folks should leave uh, incarceration with naloxone. Anybody that is going into, in, or has just left treatment, it's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. They should have naloxone available, 100%. Uh, uh, they should have naloxone available. Friends, family members, and caregivers should, you know, all know uh, that the product exists and, and make sure that it's around. 
uh, for the um, uh, you know unthinkable um, uh, event of a relapse uh, and an overdose. And then third, um, you know, again, you know, SAMHSA has defined this vulnerable population as anybody who's gone into the emergency room having had an overdose should leave with naloxone. And again, these are common sense that SAMHSA has uh, uh, laid the groundwork for and defined this, uh, uh, you know, population. And, and you know, I'll, we'll talk to anybody who will listen that this is a vulnerable patient population uh, and they should be, uh, number one, aware that naloxone exists. Number two, have access to naloxone. And number three, it should be affordable. And that's what we're trying to do. The Narcan half-life is around 30 to 60 minutes, typically a shorter duration than that of opioids themselves. As the effects of Narcan wear off, revived overdose victims often experience intense withdrawal symptoms. Some will immediately go back out and use, but for others, it's an opportunity to get them into treatment. I asked Matt to comment on the platform Adapt Pharma has to partner with others to get more people into treatment. You know, it's interesting. Um, uh, at this conference specifically, I've talked to a lot of uh, um, uh, partners you know, that, that uh, are dealing with this, uh, some of the um, uh, uh, MAT uh, treatment organizations, um, uh, Suboxones and, and, mm -hmm. and, and the likes. And, you know, we've had some conversations about this and the need for... Um, you know, kind of a stickiness uh, to this uh, scenario. So uh, you save the, you know, reverse the opioid in the field. Mm -hmm. You know, you bring the person, you know, into the ER because, again, you talked about the half-life. It's critically important. And uh, if your listeners take nothing away from this, uh, you know, please make sure that they know that naloxone, our, our naloxone and all naloxones are not a replacement for treatment, you know, whatsoever. They, they are a bridge to treatment, hopefully. Um, so, um, you know, the stickiness of this is, you know, when the, um, uh, the, the individual is into the hospital, uh, you know, how do, how do we get them into a sticky uh, treatment center and, and how, do we, how do we make it work? How do we stop them from, uh, you know, running uh, out of it or not going to the uh, emergency room uh, in general? It's a big task. Uh, it's it's a tall order. Um, I don't have any answers. I know that um, uh, you know it's critically important that uh, this become the bridge. Uh, as the Surgeon General mentioned today, there's the uh, the notion that uh, you know there's so many overdose reversals happening to the same people over and over again. What's the point? Well, the point is you know that eventually, hopefully, uh, you know you save a life, or reverse an overdose, and that that. Uh, uh, treatment does get sticky, uh, and and that person does uh, have a, a second, third, or fourth chance uh, to provide that. So uh, I know I'm probably tiptoeing around the answer. Uh, it, it's uh, you know our you know with 35 people uh, in the country right now uh, trying to you know build awareness and educate folks on the availability of naloxone. Uh, that's really our primary. Uh, um, uh, focus at this point, making sure that you know those those uh, um, um, triggers are 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 available out there. Sure. So, and and maybe that's a discussion for later on, yep. uh, another time to to get and, you connected yeah. with some of those programs. And there we are happy to, and and we have engaged. Yeah, we we we're happy to, and we engage with all of those partners and and try to collaborate with them uh, for sure. Yeah. Okay. The next thing that I wanted to talk about uh, before we conclude this was some of the research that you're doing. I understand mm -hmm. you're doing a great deal of research on 
you know, the, the folks that in essence are uh, the, the, the ones that are trying to guide them, guide their loved ones into uh, help and get them the assistance that they need. That's right. Um, you know, again, we had talked about some of the initiatives that we're, we're, we're working through around awareness and education and through awareness and education as an organization, you know, before you can be effective at awareness and education programs, you really have to understand the audience. Uh, what do they know? What don't they know? Uh, and some of the market research that we found out is that um, it's um, um, when we talk about the carer population, and, and by that population, we're referring to carers of individuals who uh, are believed to have or suspected to have an opioid use disorder. Uh, a father of a son who broke his uh, uh, collarbone in a, a football accident who uh, you know has uh, been given opioids and the father suspects that uh, the you know, uh, the son might you know be taking uh, more opioids and going down that path right so the people that are advocating the, for the purple abs struggling with absolutely uh, so uh, we know that it's a very large population uh, we know that this very large population of carers are very concerned we know that uh, they have, um, you know, again, less than 10% of them know that naloxone exists. Um, uh, so what our message, um, again, we're, we're going through, uh, it's a long process to you know, do all this market research. It's a costly process, so we, you know, we, we do everything in a stepwise approach. Uh, but we're trying to figure out how to talk to these folks, uh, how to let them know uh, what, what are they thinking and, and what's important to them. Uh, and we know that, uh, again, less than 10 percent of them know that naloxone exists. Uh, when they are informed that naloxone exists, uh, their intent to, you know, uh, prepare and make sure that naloxone uh, is made available uh, is, is uh, dramatically uh, increased. Well, Matt, I want to thank you for spending your time with me today. I really appreciate it. Any final comments for our listeners? Well, I, you know, I, I appreciate what you're doing, and I appreciate you bringing awareness to this. Um, you know, it's very, uh, it's fascinating. I, I, um, uh, I go all over the country. I talk, uh, I spend a lot of time in Washington, D.C., again, talking to appropriators. I talk to uh, governors. I talk to attorney generals. You know, uh, you know the, the, the folks that are actually purchasing this product and, and need to be aware of this product are uh, typically Department of Health and states. So it's a different, you know, customer base than... Uh, I'm particularly used to. So I've had the good fortune of talking to lots of different folks. Uh, and there's some consistent messages that, that, you know, I deliver, you know, around obviously law enforcement, uh, vulnerable patient population and co-prescribing, you know, having that, you know, the importance of having a, a discussion when that first opioid is introduced to a patient, making sure that doctors, you know, uh, do their job and have a discussion about the inherent risk of this drug. Not to say that these are bad drugs. We're not, you know, here to bash opioids. Mm -hmm. They're certainly uh, uh, necessary. Time uh, place. But uh, absolutely. But but it's important that physicians, as they introduce opioids uh, to an individual who just get their wisdom teeth taken out, or who broke a collarbone, uh, you know, informs them. And the CDC has guidelines around these. And the reason I bring that up in in terms of co-prescribing is. Um, I've never actually done this, but I, you know, I, I use this analogy all the time. If we went out in the streets uh, and talked to 20 people and said, are you aware of the opioid epidemic? 
I think they would overwhelmingly, you know, 18 out of 20, I'm making this up, would say, of course, you know, yeah, it's all over the news, it's all over the news. And then if you ask those same individuals, now name three opioids. My guess is that the majority of them could not. I, uh, again, I really appreciate your time today, Matt. It's a pleasure meeting you. Appreciate the discussion. Yeah, okay. absolutely. We've been joined today by Matt Ruth, who is the Chief Commercial Officer for Adapt Pharma. My name is Greg McNeil. I'm the founder of Cover 2 Resources. Thank you for joining us for this Cover 2 PPT podcast. That's people, places, and things making a difference in the opioid epidemic. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Cover 2 Resources podcast. This episode is a production of Cover 2 Resources and is made possible by listeners like you. If you'd like to donate or to sponsor a future podcast, please visit cover2.org. As always, thank you for listening. Together, we can make a difference in the opioid epidemic, one life at a time.